Let's see. We're live, man. This is going to be a fire episode, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here on episode 17 of the Block to Block podcast, the best podcast in the world for all things Web3. Here we break down the technology, what's going on in the market, and the ways in which you can benefit. I am NFT Njai. And I am Sean of the Seven Streams. And over here, the talk is different. And man, it's so different. I had to get a different co-host. <laughs> yeah, so Web3 Wayne's not going to be on today. He's actually like uh, feeling pretty ill. So I just told him, hey, man, be on bed rest. Uh, you know, take it easy. I'll work you like a dog next week. And this week, we're just going to have our boy, Sean. Big Sean. You done know. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, Back man. again. Yeah, check out episode eight. Sean of the Seven Streams, he broke down how to become a developer within Web3. Fire episode, actually. Mm-hmm. A really fire episode. I actually enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it as the interviewer. I don't know about you. I did as well. <laughs> okay. Got to make sure. So, but yeah. It's a crazy week, man. Super crazy week in the world of Web3, especially in the world of crypto. So you want to hop in? Yeah. I mean, before we begin, you know, just to let everybody know this podcast is for general general information purposes only. Mm -hmm. In no event are we liable for any loss or damage received uh, from the information provided. (laughs) Please conduct your own due diligence and do your research consult a financial advisor or any professionals if necessary, but it's not on us. <laughs> it's not on us. You know, we love y'all, but we're not liable for y'all. You know, it's all about doing your own research. You know, we just try to provide a platform in which this information can be broken down in a very comprehensible manner because my big qualm with the Web3 community is there's too many acronyms, too much jargon, too much nonsense grammar, non-fungible. Like, we're trying to really break it down here. Yeah, keep it in plain and simple language. Plain and simple. But with that, SBF, the former CEO of FTX, which was the largest, the second largest crypto exchange in the world, which has be- became bankrupt and gone into financial ruin, he has finally been arrested in the Bahamas. And this is actually major news because there's a lot of criticism from people about like, why is he not in jail? You know, there was like these, not only has the company gone bankrupt, but there's been plenty of evidence of like financial mishandling, commingling of funds and just straight up fraud. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this idea of like, why isn't SBF in jail? And why is he doing a media tour when he was on the on like um, New York Times, a lot of media outlets on Twitter spaces, Mm -hmm. just constantly speaking about, hey, like, I know it looks bad, but I didn't know this, that and third was occurring within our operations. We just didn't have control. Essentially trying to give this impression like his management was like laissez-faire, hands off. Like he was kind of naive, really trying to paint himself in this light, right? And it was very insulting for like a lot of consumers who've lost absolutely millions within his platform. So is now he's been arrested within the Bahamas. And at this point, it's a matter of whether or not he's gonna be extradited to the United States. Because you know, he's in the Bahamas, he's in prison in the Bahamas, but the US 
multiple agents, governmental agencies within the U.S. wants his butt in the United States for prosecution. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the some of the parties involved are the SEC, the CFTC. Both are interested in pay, um, really prosecuting him on charges of defrauding investors. And but the Department of Justice wants to really get him for defrauding consumers. So a lot of governmental agencies are very interested in seeing him extradited to the U.S. So it's just a matter of just like waiting and seeing what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a process. Apparently, the, the extradition process didn't take weeks, um, but they're going to come after him. Uh, I personally believe that uh, they're going to try to make an example of him with this case uh and it's not just of him it's you know a message to the whole crypto industry yeah absolutely because it's very interesting right this whole when it comes to crypto specifically or DeFi, decentralized finance Mm -hmm. the idea is we want access to like the financial system for all like we don't want like central authority regulated the money game if you will and like every and Crypto is supposed to give everybody access mm-hmm. to like financial empowerment, right? Essentially, yeah. like that's the idea of DeFi at its very core. And it's quite interesting that even though we had this like notion of like decentralized finance, we had these crypto exchanges who are like centralized authorities, yeah. but people are like purchasing crypto and now it's all falling apart. And this is a space that had like very little regulation and now everybody's crying for regulation so yep let's be real these exchanges are treated like banks yeah so it like you said it's it's kind of going away from the idea of decentralization in the first place um totally yeah it's i i don't know man like it's this SBF story is a clear indication of the need for regulation because, yeah. unfortunately, there are bad actors. Whether or not they're bad actors in terms of intently trying to defraud you or bad actors as in the case of FTX, they irresponsible. just... Irresponsible. Yeah. You know, the did you see... I actually posted on our Instagram, follow us at block to block podcast You know, let's get those follows up. But I posted a quick reel of my reaction to, um, what was his name again? He's the bankruptcy expert, John Ray. John Ray, he was speaking about just like how there was so, really no financial controls within FCX, right? Yeah. There was out here using Slack to send invoices. They were working with QuickBooks. (laughs) Shout out to QuickBooks, you know. (laughs) If you want to sponsor us, let us know. Holla at us. But, yeah, respectfully. But, you know, as he mentioned, like, QuickBooks isn't really the proper tool to be using for, like, a multi-billion dollar organization. Yeah. So, I I don't know, Sean. Like, I guess for the viewers, the key takeaways are when you're building, in general, if you're trying to build within Web3, you still have to have like certain structures in place. You have to make sure that your house is in order. So even if you're building like, oh, I'm building a DAO, I'm building like a 
crypto project or whatever, you need to make sure that organizationally you have your controls in place just so you don't be in a similar <laughs> spot as an FTX, right? Absolutely. Which collapsed because they had very little controls, no controls essentially. Yeah. I mean, outside of them not having controls, I mean, this just goes back to them being irresponsible. They were not supposed to... Uh, use some of the money, some of the, the customers' funds for their investments. Uh, they got around that by transferring those funds to the sister company and then using it for investments. So, uh, it was You mean of- we can't do that, Sean? <laughs> We're not allowed to do that? <laughs> no. Co-mingling is the yeah. word of the day, y'all. That's co-mingling. You're not supposed to be mixing up separate entities' monies like that. Yeah. So... In some ways, their uh, their actions are pretty blatant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then you were just showing me something right before we hopped on regarding mm-hmm. like the case. You want to bring that up? Which 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 one are you talking about? Um, about the CEO of Alameda. Oh yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, she may be snitching to the feds on him. So. Uh it's not looking good for this case right now. They, they're probably doing the snitch on each other. Uh, and everybody, while they may have not have brought charges against her just yet, you know, something could be pending. I don't know that she's going to just get out scot-free either because he's not the only one complicit in mm-hmm. the business operations and what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, in many ways, right? Like, I remember watching that New York Times um, interview and what's crazy is, you know, SBF, from a tactical standpoint, try to, like, really shift a lot of the blame to, like, other parties involved with the business operations mm-hmm. and say, like, I myself, I had no idea what was going on, which is, like, a really subtle, passive-aggressive type way to, like, shift the blame. I didn't know what was going on, yeah. but because I wasn't involved and you're just, like, shifting the blame like that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're the captain of the ship, you go down with it, you know. Mm. Yeah, that and that's part of the free game for today as well, you know. <laughs> Leadership, accountability. Yes. Like when you are the leader of whatever project or venture that you're a part of, you have to be extremely accountable. I remember reading a book. They said the key character trait of like the most successful leaders are is this notion of extreme accountability they believe that everything is their fault even if there's no direct correlation with them and what may have occurred so because at the end of the day they could have done something better they could have done something different like they may not have had a hand in that at all yeah at the end of the day they could have done something different if they may not have had a hand in it at all but um you know that that's that could be the change that Mm -hmm. they they could have intervened yeah Absolutely. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be monitoring the situation. You know, if anything major occurs, we'll be sure to update it here on Block to Block. But as you know, these legal proceedings can take a very long time because at this moment, it's a question of whether or not we can prosecute him in the U.S. on charges of like money laundering and other criminal activities when it comes to fraud. So. Yes. And he did not waive his right to fight it, so he definitely has intention to try not to be extradited, which is also going to drag the process out. Mm-hmm. So, very interesting. 
And with that, let us proceed. What we got next, Sean of the Seven Streams? <laughs> uh, just the quick take. Uh, quick take for the day. Uh, yesterday, actually, senators were pressing Congress to provide greater regulations of cryptocurrency. Uh, we already talked about how SBF's and FTX's collapse, uh, you know, meant that this was coming. You heard it here first, other episodes before. Uh, and now Shout out to episode are. 12. <laughs> episode 12 is when we first broke the story. You know, mm-hmm. watch every episode of Black and Black. <laughs> Sorry, my brother. Go on with your quick take. No problem. No problem. But yeah, uh, currently the, the market sentiment, people are thinking that it's between two things. One, crypto is just uh, riddled with fraud and misconduct. On the other hand, people just feel like uh, this is an effect of the lack of regulation in the space. Um, so right now, the U.S. government, Congress, and, and Senate are trying to get some regulations established. And uh, currently, two organizations have been suggested as agencies to, to handle crypto oversight. Those are the CFTC and the SEC. Uh, but the current sentiment is that the CFTC just may not be hard enough on crypto. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we'll see who ends up being the deciding factor, who ends up handling the situation. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting for crypto in these coming months. Man, the CFTC may not be tough enough on crypto. Yeah. Like, do you do we know, like, why that is a sentiment? I'm not sure. <laughs> that That's, well, to me, that's like an indication of just, like, probably the frustration within like the governmental branch Mm -hmm. on just how this crypto space has been going. And really like from a historical perspective, what's happening within the space of crypto specifically or DeFi Mm -hmm. is no different from what we see with like other industries. Typically speaking, whenever there's like a new industry that is discovered, there's a lot like the private sector is like the first to really move in, right? Because being like those who are like entrepreneurs, businesses, what have you, organizations, and even consumers, they're the first to go in and like really find ways to like capitalize on this. And because the the public sector, the government sector, is a lot slow moving when it comes to making laws and regulations, we see the private sector do a whole lot of activity, <laughs> some good and some that may be detrimental on yeah. like different areas. And cases like what's happening with FTX or just like the major security frauds we've been seeing, even like these issues of money laundering mm-hmm. and criminal activity that's been occurring in crypto, these become really like the catalysts for spurring the public sector to move a bit quicker to like make regulation. Yeah. And then what happens to these industries? Like, of course, some growth and some activity just may not occur no more because the way you do things have a bit more of a button up process. However, they become a lot more stabilized and normalized with Web3. Oh, hold on. We might be having connection issues. Okay, we're back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, history has a strange way of repeating itself, you know. And we see this a lot with industries. A lot of times there's a lot of pioneers within a certain space, but then because of the presence of bad actors, 
the government has to step in. They set the rules to stabilize the industry. Yep. And that's what occur appears to be happening in the world of crypto specifically. Absolutely. The most interesting thing about this for me is that they are trying to uh, address crypto with current financial rules. Mm. Um, so I don't know that they're pushing for new regulation, like new legislation uh, to address crypto. Uh, that may be coming further down the line, but right now they're just trying to take immediate action with the current financial rules that we have. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that because, I mean, we've seen with like other cases like the Facebook mm -hmm. proceedings with Mark Zuckerberg, right? Like, unfortunately, lawmakers don't always have like the expertise when it comes to like the technical know-how. Yep. And yeah. then Web3 in itself is very fast moving, very like... I mean, if you're not watching block to block, you're not going to be able to really understand the intricacies of the technology. Mm -hmm. And so for them to like, how do you get a handle on like making far reaching laws and regulation on something you don't understand? Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting, too, because crypto is global. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be a huge challenge legally just for that reason. Man. Well, thank you for the quick take. <laughs> Shout out to Web3 Wayne. You know, we we love we still love your quick takes, big dog. But you know, you're on bed rest. Yeah, hope you hope you feel better soon. Shout out to Web3 Wayne. You should have said Sean at the seven streams, like how how Wayne always does it. Web3 Wayne, Sean at the seven streams. You're right. You're right. I messed up. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. If he gets sick again, we'll. <laughs> third time's a charm <laughs> hopefully not these are just jokes people oh man but speaking of just like how fast moving the space is so last episode we spoke about binance which is the largest crypto exchange and just like how they had a proof of reserves kind of audit that talked about how they have a good amount of bitcoin reserves so mm -hmm. in a case in which people want to withdraw their bitcoin out they can cover that, right? Yep. Which was the exact opposite of what happened with FTX. Yeah. Well, it looks like that is being put to the test. Yeah. Because this week, this Tuesday alone, over $3 billion worth of assets was withdrawn from Binance. $3 billion. $3 billion. That's three Jay-Zs. <laughs> and the reason for this it's um, once again, I posted this on our Instagram, follow us at Block to Block Podcast, in which there's a the um, US government is thinking about pressing criminal charges against Binance on the account that they seem to be non compliant with anti money laundering laws, right? So the Department of Justice has been investigating Binance since 2018 because they've been seeing transactions which may allegedly may indicate um, money laundering and even terroristic activities, right? And so, you know, similar to even what we've been talking about, like about having regulation to bring more transparency to the space, the government's really taking it to Binance, they might they may press charges against them. And with that, there's a lot of fear from investors, right? Like we just saw this, the number two player in the space, 
Mm -hmm. FTX just collapsed a month ago. And now the biggest crypto exchange in the marketplace is starting to have, has been being investigated for like criminal activity and they might have significant charges taken against them, you know? So with that, there's a lot of fear within the market, especially with like this recession, the value of crypto going down by more than 60 to 70%. And so a lot of investors were withdrawing the money from Binance, you know, however, they were successful in doing so. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like a liquidity crunch like we've seen with FTX, but you know, they've been taking their reserves out. Yeah. But one thing I want to note, the leader of Binance CZ, he talked about like he doesn't seem to be worried about this trend. Mm-hmm. You know, he was actually on Twitter spaces, yeah. you know, talking about like how despite like seeing all this amount of money leave out, we're seeing like a return of monies coming back into our exchange. So it's more from his standpoint, it seems more like this is like a flash, a um, short-term issue, but it shouldn't really impact the long-term viability of Binance. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Sean? Uh, I'm going to start with kudos to CZ because, uh, yeah, it actually seems like he's do- their Binance has been doing a good job of handling this. Um, one, he's been addressing the public, as you mentioned, um, and he's been addressing the public uh, positively about the situation, uh, essentially saying that this is just another day of business. Um, you know, they'll sometimes have net negative withdrawals um, on any given day. So uh, that they're, they're, they're prepared for it. They got it covered. They have the money for it. Um, and so far, he's not been proven wrong. I've not seen any news of them pausing withdrawals, no panic um, around it. And if anything, what I have seen is that uh, regular users and, and consumers have been praising them, uh, saying that even though they've been getting mass withdrawals, they've still been able to get their money out in a considerable uh, time, in under an hour. So, great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Z- CZ on that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But um, for the viewer of Block to Block, you know, it's going to be the same message that we give gave since your episode episode eight (laughs) it's okay to use these exchanges to purchase crypto if you want like an easy way to like find like oh where can i buy bitcoin it ether cardano what have you however please and i repeat please do not keep your crypto assets on these exchanges right because of what we've been seeing thus far you Mm -hmm. know every week there's been Things such as cybersecurity hacks, bankruptcies, um, these organizations saying, hey, we just don't have the liquidity. So to in order to protect yourself, you know, you can use these exchanges as an easy way to get your crypto. However, please, and I repeat, please have it in your own wallet. Keep yeah. it in like a non-custodial wallet, like a MetaMask, for example, a Coinbase wallet, for example, like those type of wallets where you own your own private keys or if you want the utmost level of security use a code wallet like a ledger nano for example where it's offline you have like it looks like a usb that will hold all your crypto so you have no real way of like in and hack mm-hmm. it's just a matter of making sure you keep it in a safe space like a vault or what have you 
and that you just know make sure you know your passwords and whatnot yep but yeah any other thoughts on the situation uh i agree for sure uh we're seeing it constantly uh, lately these uh crypto exchanges are getting tested and anything can happen these days like like we said there's not enough regulation um so it's always a risk for you to continue to just leave your money with them while cz and binance are handling this well um who's to say what would happen if it was five times worse you know yeah um, i mean because the thing about it literally last week like let's talk, think about just how fast moving the space is last week on block to block we were just talking about how they had a positive audit that showed that they can have service that bitcoin reserves need right mm -hmm. and after this episode literally the next day or two <laughs> we see that they may have criminal charges brought against them mm -hmm. And now everybody within this week is withdrawing over three billion worth of crypto assets from the exchange. This space is very fast moving. That's why we say protect yourself at all times. Yes. Like you gotta protect your neck. Shout out to the Wu Tang. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Def this space is so crazy, Sean. Yeah. Um, and it's it's ruled by consumer sentiment currently too you know everybody mm. is liable to get fears of, based on the news that's occurring um fears just seeing people withdraw their money they don't want to withdraw too because they, they're not sure what's going to happen mm -hmm. they don't want to take the chance to be the ones that, that get caught slipping so don't let it be you either <laughs> yeah don't let it be you you gotta protect yourself yes and you know i like to say this too once again Please refer to the disclaimer given by Sean of the Seven Streams, but we're not financial advisors. But my personal belief is crypto is great. Mm -hmm. However, the majority of crypto is very suspect at, be at best because it has no real intrinsic value. Mm -hmm. There's only really few good cryptocurrencies out there. So if you have those good cryptocurrencies, you still want even like just a small percentage of your net worth in crypto. Mm -hmm. Please like... Like it was so sad, but like listening to SBF's interview, and they spoke about like how some consumers of FTX lost their entire life savings. Wow, like two million dollars within the exchange, wow. and it's like, and it's it, and it's painful. However, once again, it's a very volatile asset class in a more in a even more volatile space and industry. Don't bet the house on it sure have a little bit of an exposure but not not the majority of your assets or your portfolio in crypto definitely don't invest more than you're willing to lose yeah that's a fact even if that's five dollars like because <laughs> ftx is a perfect example there's no guarantee that the people who lost their money will get it back mm -hmm. and the money that they invested had it only been money that they were okay with losing this would not be a big deal to them. But many people are in stressful positions now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's why you got to keep watching every episode of Block to Block, baby. We got your back. <laughs> block to Block has your back. Yes, sir. Back to back, Block <laughs> to Block. <laughs> that should be the tagline. 
We got yeah. your back. We got y'all. <laughs> we got y'all. <laughs> shout out to Issa Rae and Insecure. Because <laughs> that, that was the name of the nonprofit. We got yeah, y'all. <laughs> oh, man. But, <laughs> but speaking about just like the market, we do want to like transition to the market portion of the show and talk about what's happening in the macro economy. So once again, this is probably like the hundredth time we mentioned it, but the Federal Reserve Bank, they raised interest rates, they raised their um, rates by 50 basis points or like 0.5% or 0.50%, right? Half a percentage. And once again, the point of this is the Federal Reserve, their main focus right now is to combat inflation because we've been receiving, experiencing record high inflations rates within this country which causes like prices to go up people are suffering economically and you know we are in these recessionary times right now so the federal reserve is really trying to guide our economy back to the right path and it's a tough job to do mm -hmm. so as a way to combat inflation they will raise up interest um interest rates right and usually this has a negative impact on crypto because once again, as interest rates go up, people are looking to invest their money in like safer asset classes. So usually bonds, for example, mm -hmm. is something in which people like put their money towards. And a lot of times, like when interest rates go up, tech stocks, for yeah. example, or like anything that's seen as more volatile and risky goes down. And as we said in our little soliloquy a minute ago, crypto is a very volatile asset class. And yeah. when you're trying to look for a stable, kind of more so guaranteed returns, you're more likely you're not going to put it in crypto. So as a result, we've seen Bitcoin actually fall by 2.3% after this news was announced. And only today has Bitcoin slightly risen back up to just over 18,000. Mm. And once again, like in the world of crypto and DeFi, the other coins tend to follow the trend of Bitcoin. So when if Bitcoin's going down, the other coins are going down, but usually at a much steeper level. Yeah. So it's interesting. Once again, we're not financial advisors, but it's a point to note that, you know, you really got to make these decisions. Like, what is a bigger priority for you and your portfolio? Are you looking for like more stability? Or you can even look at this as, hey, based upon the technical analysis that I did, of like the chart that I'm looking at, this might be a good price point to buy Bitcoin at because it's at a decline or any other cryptocurrency that you believe is truly valuable. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's the decisions you have to make, but that's just what it is as we see um, rates get increased by the feds. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Sean? Yeah. I mean, as the fed raises rates, it gets more expensive to borrow money and uh, you know, industries that rely on borrowing money are going to dip a bit so as you mentioned tech bitcoin i mean not bitcoin but crypto because there seems to be a lot of uh financing in the crypto space currently a lot of people using leverage which was mm -hmm. the downfall of ftx but um yeah it's just gonna get more tricky to be in those industries and operate as this continues absolutely absolutely so yeah well shout out to all the crypto enthusiasts out there you know 
But you are definitely going to see Brady Bays in the long term. Absolutely. You just got to hold and believe. <laughs> but um, I also want to quickly talk about just how the NFT market is doing in terms of like sales activity. Mm. So within like the last seven days, what we've seen is the total sales volume followed by like a little less, a little more than half a percent by 0.55% to a total trading volume or sales volume of 24.9 million within the last seven days. And we've seen total sales increase by 1.43%. And the total amount of transactions being 43,237. Hmm. So, you know, once again, as we mentioned, like, as we've been seeing, total sales have been going up a bit. But we've been seeing a very sniff, small, minute, downward trend in the value of those NFTs. So, yeah. once again, it's just an indication of the recessionary times that we're in. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to NFTs, you have to prove that you that the NFT has value. Yeah. You know, gone are the days in which you can just put anything out there and sell it for like millions of dollars. Like it, you, if you're doing an NFT project, it has to be jam packed with value. Mm-hmm. I mean, what those statistics also tell me too is while the value of the NFTs is dropping, um, people seem to be trying to buy the dip. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the actual quantity of nfts being sold is going up but the amount of money that they're bringing in is is dwindling mm-hmm. yeah so maybe they're trying to hedge against you know what's going on in terms of like disinflation and yeah definitely so i mean some people may also just have faith in those projects having a recovery but uh who's to say what's mm-hmm. actually going to happen you know uh put your belief where you put your belief yeah and if you want a platform to put your belief into, check out D Timbuktu. You know, dtimbuktu.com. <laughs> the link in description, the link will be in the description. Our physical NFT marketplace in which we work with creatives, entrepreneurs, and culture makers to pair NFTs with collectibles. So yeah, if you want something that you want to believe in and support, you know, you can check us out. Yes. So we can be part of the statistics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's that's really the market. Yeah, this has this has been a really gen, like concise but jam packed content wise episode of Block to Block. Yes, definitely. Yeah. You got any any thoughts for the people, my brother? Uh, be safe out here. Um, as we said earlier at the beginning of the episode, always, always, always do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, not all projects are good projects. Mm, absolutely. I love that. And, you know, what's this was episode 17. Like, we got two more episodes within 2022. So we're definitely going to come with, like, just our thoughts for how the year has gone and, like, our predictions for next year. But, like, season two of Block to Block, whew, <laughs> It's gonna be so fire because we're definitely we're gonna we're gonna be bringing out all the stops, man. Mm-hmm. We're, we have some fire guests that we are lining up, so we're gonna see a lot more guest appearances of like founders within Web three who are like building, and we're even gonna bring in some presentations that we, the reeling team, are making to just show you practically some of the skill sets that you can use to like evaluate projects to know how to be safe in terms of 
how do I evaluate a blockchain? I know a specific blockchain is good to use, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot more coming in season two. You gotta make sure you stay subscribed. And speaking of subscriptions, if you want to support the podcast, there's a link to our anchor um, below in which you can become a contributor just to increase the quality, overall quality of the show. Because you know, shout out to my living room, but you know, we need a studio for real, for real. That's true. I'm not <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you know, so the talk can be different, different, different. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And stay tuned. You know, this is a, we're also in holiday season. Next week will probably be the holidays. So that doesn't mean we take a day off, you know. But for you all, you know, stay connected with your loved ones. You know, reach out to everybody and have a blessed 2022. Yes. Happy holidays to all. Happy holidays to all. Peace. Mm -hmm. Woo!